the lost ship. Read the book of Revelations for yourself. Welcome to Streams in the Desert Live, an interactive prophetic talk show with pastor, evangelist, and prophetic teacher, Dana Bohansky, senior pastor of Streams in the Desert Ministries and House Church, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy and give you, the listener, an opportunity to call in to ask questions and share information regarding the signs of the times. This ministry is dedicated to the preaching and teaching of the unadulterated word of the one and only true and living God under the power and anointing of God's Holy Ghost. Streams in the Desert Live is an expansion of Streams in the Desert Ministries. Now, here's your host, Pastor Dana. I believe that we are living in the days John wrote about. The end times are upon us, and of that there is no doubt. Get your mind out of the world, take your Bible off the shelf, read the book of Revelations for yourself. Shalom and blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Dana, and I once again would like to thank you for joining me today, December 16th, 2015, for the Streams in the Desert Live internet radio broadcast coming to you live from the beautiful and breathtaking studios of StarWorldWideNetworks.com, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Today's topic title is... The Specter of 1937. But before we get started, let us pray. Father God, we humbly come before your throne this day. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you've yet to do. And Lord God, we thank you for the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit that will permeate this show today, that the words that will go out through the airwaves will be your words and not mine. The power and anointing of your Holy Spirit will carry the words around the world to do in the hearts of your people what you have prepared and ordained for this last hour at 11.59 and split seconds. Lord Jesus, we thank you for taking our place on the cross of Calvary that we may have eternal life through you and the blood that you shed upon the cross of Calvary for the covering and remission of our sins if we will serve you in the here and now in this life, until you return again in the rapture. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray, amen and amen. Well, folks, greetings to you all once again from wherever you are in the world as you join me, your host, Pastor Dana, today for another compelling episode of Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast. As we begin our show for today, we are now a mere 15 days away from the end of the year called 2015, and just 16 short days away from the beginning of the new year, which shall be called 2016, or 2016, for those of you who like that kind of talk, of which many of you, my friends, may remember from past shows, has been mandated the year 2016, that is, as the year of black days ahead by the one and only true and living God, creator of heaven, earth, all mankind, Israel, and 
who is at the same time the father of a one and only begotten son, of whose birth that some here in the world today shall be celebrating in just about nine days from now, of whose name is none other than Jesus Christ, and is he who came to this world 2,000 years ago, having already been slated in eternity past as the Lamb of God that was slain long before the foundations of this world were ever laid, to at his birth become the final sin offering, or as the Bible states, the Lamb of God of whom was sent for to take away the sins of all the world. That is, of all the world that did, would, and will still yet receive him as their Lord, Master, and only Savior, which means way of escape, of whom was sent to save us that would be saved from the upcoming outpouring of the wrath of God, which is shortly to be poured out upon this present world. My friends, the Lord God has given mankind since the birth, ministry, death, burial, and resurrection of his one and only begotten Son, who there again is none other than Jesus Christ, time to believe in and receive him as their personal and only Savior or way of escape from the wrath that the Word of God speaks of that is soon and very soon to be poured out upon this earth without measure to cleanse it from all sin in preparation for the return of his, God's that is, one and only begotten Son, who there again is none other than Jesus Christ and his bride, who is known as the church that has made herself ready at his, Jesus's that is, unexpected to the world at large return in what is called the rapture or the catching away of the saints. With that groundwork laid, I am here first to speak to those who need to make themselves ready to be received by he who is called the bridegroom at his coming in the rapture and who is at the same time called the king of kings and Lord of Lords at his second coming with his bride in tow to set up his millennial kingdom, which will be a thousand-year reign of peace upon the earth that comes just after the time of the second half or last three and a half years of what is known as the time of the seven-year tribulation and are as well known as the time of great tribulation, as well as the time of Jacob's or Israel's trouble. Secondly, I am sent to the elect as an encourager and a reminder from the Lord God that we all must keep our eyes upon Jesus and that it is paramount that we must know God's word, know it well, and know it for ourselves correctly. We must as well continue to fight the good fight as we walk in the power, working, and anointing of God's Holy Spirit, who is able to make a way for us where there seems to be no way in the forthcoming black days ahead. Thirdly, I am come to remind you 
in the name of the Lord Jesus, that before it's all over, we have many things to endure. But the Lord God has already promised us by way of his word that those who endure to the end are the same that shall be saved. With that said, just before we enter into our first prophetic warning of the day, which can be found in the words of a prophetic dream given to a man named Mr. David Rowland, of which was posted yesterday, December 15th, 2015, by Mr. James Bailey, author of the site Z3news.com, of which is titled, Judgment Begins with Fed Interest Rate Decision. I first would like to share an audio piece with you. This piece is very short, and it is an account of an event that took place on May 6th in the year 1937, and of which only took 16 seconds to unfold after a three-hour delay. To hear this account, you may need to listen to it very closely. For what you are about to hear is the live, firsthand eyewitness account of the Hindenburg Zeppelin disaster as it happened over Lakehurst Naval Air Station in Lakehurst, New Jersey, and is that which will in a moment tie in with the interpretation of the prophetic dream given to Mr. Rollins that I am about to share with you. So with no further ado, let us roll audio. The ill-fated Hindenburg on her last flight sails over New York. The airship was hailed by thousands who little dreamed it was their final glimpse of the Hindenburg. Again she dumps ballast. And a nervous tension grips those who are watching, for this is something unusual. They back motors of the ship are just holding it, uh, just enough to keep it from... It's first under flight. Get it started, get it started. It's flying, and it's rising. It's rising terrible. Oh, my, get out of the way, please. It's burning, bursting into flames, and, and it's falling on the morning fast, and all the folks between that this is terrible. This is the one of the worst catastrophes in the world. Oh, it's the spike funny. Oh, four or five hundred feet into the sky, and it's a terrific crash, ladies and gentlemen. The smoke and the flames now, and the flame is crashing to the ground, not quite to the morning mass. All the humanity and all the fans are just screaming around it. I don't do it. I can't talk to people as friends are out there. It's a, it's a, it's a, oh. I, I can't talk, ladies and gentlemen. Honestly, it's just laying down massive smoking wreckage. And everybody can't hardly breathe and talk and screaming. Lady, I, I'm sorry. Honestly, I, I can hardly breathe. I, I'm going to step inside while I cannot see it. Charlie, that's terrible. I, 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 I Listen, folks, I, I'm going to have to stop for a minute because I've lost the voices. This is the worst thing I've ever witnessed. The blazing aftermath reveals the extent of the disaster, an inferno which became a flaming tomb, a twisted mass of girders, the seared and scorched skeleton of what was once a mighty airship. My friends, now, 
on to the prophetic dream given to Mr. David Rowland, of which there again is titled, Judgment Begins with Fed Interest Rate Decision, where Mr. Rollins begins by sharing, as he states, I had a very strong dream on the night of June 15th, 2015, which was exactly six months ago from yesterday, my friends, about an upcoming interest rate decision by the Federal Reserve Bank. He says the Lord is really bringing it to mind as this next meeting looms closer. At this point, the author interjects a note of which is, Although the dream did not reveal any specific timing, the next interest rate decision from the Fed or the Federal Reserve is scheduled for tomorrow, December 16th, 2015, of which just happens to be today, my friends. Today is December 16th, 2015. Mr. Rollins then goes on to say, Here is what I saw in my dream. I am seated in what appears to be a briefing room, listening to a well-known TV minister speak. It seems that he is making an announcement or having a press conference to discuss his current physical condition. He is pale, emaciated, and bandages can be seen under his clothing. His face is gaunt and his eyes are dull and somewhat glazed. As the scene opens, he is already speaking and saying something to the effect, it's been a terrible, terrible ordeal, but I have survived by God's grace. Remember, God's grace is unmerited favor, my friends. He said, I have pulled through. Mr. Rollins then says, I realized he was referring to the state of his ministry and that this is being represented represented by his physical appearance. His income from donations and goodwill towards his ministry have suffered greatly. End of scene one, says Mr. Rollins. Next, Mr. Rollins states... Then a second scene begins, and I am seeing an episode of the TV show The Waltons from almost 40 years ago. In this episode, he says, John Boy Walton, a budding journalist, wins a contest, and the prize is to cover a major news event. This happens to be the Zeppelin Hindenburg's arrival in New Jersey in 1937, says Mr. Rowland. Of which I just might add, my friends, the episode in the dream was a real episode of the Waltons. I looked it up. It seemed familiar to me as it was because I've always watched that show. But it was truly an episode that aired in season five and was titled The Inferno. Now, back to Mr. Rowland's continued account of his prophetic dream in which he next says, of course, this was one of the most famous explosions of all times. He then goes on to say, I saw John Boy return home, but he was hesitant to share his experiences. When pressed, he shouted, you want to know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. We were all standing there staring at this huge thing as if it was from God, and it blew up, and a lot of people died. 
That's what happened. That was the end of my dream, says Mr. Rowland, of whom then goes on to say, Upon waking, I began to attempt to connect these two scenes. I knew that this was about coming judgment. Remember, my friends, 2015 was mandated as the year of judgment by the Lord God. Throughout this year, we've seen plenty of judgment taking place. Mr. Rowland says, I knew that this was about coming judgment and a crash. But why the Hindenburg? He then states, the minister in scene one was a wonderful grace teacher whom I supported, he says, in the past. But he is known for stating, God is not mad. He's not even upset. Mr. Rollins then goes on to make a very interesting statement of which is, I have not seen him, the TV preacher that is, take into consideration or account one purpose of God's judgment, which is mercy. And it is in not allowing us to continue in our transgressions, he said. As I prayed over this dream, I realized this minister was making his announcement after judgment of our nation had began. And his financial contributions and his reputation had both taken a severe downturn. He and his ministry were pretty banged up, but had survived. He had no answer to explain the events that were befalling our country, said Mr. Rollins, of whom goes on to point out that the Hindenburg explosion was obviously about a crash. Mr. Rollins at this point continues on by sharing that when it comes to interpreting his dreams, that he tries to be very objective. He further states that he always wants to err on the side of caution. From there, he went on to say, for this reason, I contacted a pastor friend of mine with a strong prophetic anointing of whom he states he had co-labored with for many years in the study of dreams. From this point, he went on to say that we agreed this was about judgment and an economic crash and burn. But some of the symbolism seemed hidden. After speaking with his pastor friend, Mr. Rowland states that within a few hours, he called me and said, check out today's Drudge Report. One of the lead articles was, The Fed's Worst Nightmare, The Ghost of 1937. It showed a photo of the Hindenburg exploding. This was an article, he said, linked to an article on CNBC, which stated, quote, many policyholders and market observers assert that the risk of Feds raising rates too early exceeds that of moving too late. This is the specter of 1937 when the feds raised rates prematurely and exacerbated the Great Depression. In Mr. Rowland's closing statement concerning his prophetic dream, he states that this was exactly 
what the dream was prophesying. The Federal Reserve, listen up, my friends. This is the part you need to start to hear and understand. The Federal Reserve would begin to raise rates and judgment would begin through an economic crash in our nation. He concludes by stating, as I had never heard of, he says, the Hindenburg Omen, or the fears that a rate hike would again create a depression within a depression, as in 1937. He says, I feel that this was a pure revelatory dream. At this juncture, Mr. Rollins begins his rap with these chilling words, The specter of 1937 is upon us with this next Fed Fed rate hike. He ends by stating, "I I now feel an unction that time has run out. That those in the body of Christ who believe that our Lord no longer judges nations will suffer greatly, as will mainstream America. I no longer see us falling off a cliff and having a complete systemic crash immediately, but I do feel this will be a major downturn. This will be a catastrophic series of events. It will begin a catastrophic series of events, which will continue, he says, through the end of next year. And on that spine-tingling note, my friends, I'll be right back after the break to further fill you in on just what the mysterious Hindenburg Omen is, among other things.
friends, when will the world see that we need Jesus? Because you won't be getting out of here and headed for eternal life unless Jesus is your friend. He needs to be more than your friend. He needs to be your Lord, Master, Savior. He needs to be your soon-coming King, Messiah, because he holds the keys, my friends, to eternal life. And without him, you will have none. You will be destined for the lake of fire. And on that note, it is now time to find out just what the Hindenburg omen represents in the world of finance. First, we must know the, that the recession of 1937 and on into 1938 is something called the recession within the depression. It came at a time when the recovery from the Great Depression was far from complete. And guess what? I just heard that on the radio when they talked about today, after raising the interest rates, that our recovery was not complete. And they used that word. It was not complete. And the uh, unemployment rate during that time between 1937 and 1938, the unemployment rate was still very high. And guess what, my friends? People think the unemployment rate is only 5%. But I got news for you. When you add that in, when you add in the unemployment of those who are basically no longer looking for work, or as they put it, who have been unemployed for more than 27 weeks, my friends, that 5% raises right there. And not everything is even factored into that. It raises it from 5% unemployment to 30% unemployment in America. And with that said, my friends, it says when the recovery from the Great Depression was far from complete and the unemployment rate was still very high, in fact, it was a disastrous setback to the recovery. Real GDP fell 11%, and industrial production fell 32%, making it the third worst U.S. recession in the 20th century after that of 1920 to 21 and 1929 to 1932, as noted per Vox CEPR's policy portal. In this next excerpt, of which was extracted from an article found on a website called Federal Reserve History, it is stated that concerning the recovery from the recent financial crisis, the 1937 episode provides a cautionary tale, wrote economist Christina Romer, against withdrawing economic support too early a return to economic decline or even panic could follow, she says. This piece further stated that Chicago Fed President Charles Evans expressed a similar view in 2012 when he stated that there is a natural tendency for policymakers to pull back on accommodations too early, before, get this, my friends, the real rate of interest has fallen to low enough levels. He continues by saying that such error has happened in 1937. Such 
an error had happened in 1937, he says, when the Fed prematurely withdrew accommodation in the short in short, he says, the 1937 recession warns us to proceed with caution. In addition, I found a piece yesterday on CNN Money that further states that the concern is that the Fed's rate hike can cause a boomerang effect. Number one, the Fed's raised rate. Raise rates. Check. It's done. Number two, That hurts other economies even more. And then, number three, economic woe in developing countries eventually hurts U.S. trade and economic growth. Finally, just before moving on here, my friends, here is the promise. Here is the promised, my friends, definition of the Hindenburg Omen, of which according to Investopedia, is said to be a technical indicator named after the famous crash of the German airship in the late 1930s. The Hindenburg Omen was developed to predict the potential for financial market crashes. It is created by monitoring the number of securities that form new 52-week highs and as related to the number of securities that form new 52-week lows. The number of securities must be abnormally large. This criteria is deemed to be met when both numbers are greater than 2% of the total number of issues that trade on the New York Stock Exchange for that specific day. And with that said, my friends, next we have a piece written by our beloved author of The Economic Collapse, who is none other than Mr. Michael Schneider, of whom, uh, of which was rather posted on his blog, December 14th, 2015, and is titled, This is What a Financial Crisis Looks Like. Of which Mr. Schneider begins by saying, just within the past few days, listen up, my friends, it's becoming more urgent, three major high-yield funds have completely imploded, and panic is spreading rapidly on Wall Street. Funds ran by Third Avenue Management and Stone Lion Capital Partners have suspended payments to investors and a fund run by Lucidus Capital Partners has liquidated its entire portfolio. Mr. Snyder says we are witnessing a race for the exits unlike anything we have seen since the great financial crash of 2008. And many of those that choose to hesitate are going to end up getting totally wiped out. In case you are wondering, this is what a financial crisis looks like. He goes on to say, in 2008, other global stock markets started to tumble. 
Then junk bonds began to crash, and finally, the U.S. stocks followed. Mr. Snyder further states that the exact same pattern is playing out again. And the carnage that we have seen so far is just the tip of the iceberg. So now, not only do we have the Hindenburg, we also have the Titanic. He says, since the end of 2009, a high-yield bond ETF that I watch very closely, known as JNK, has been trading in a range between 36 and 42. I have been waiting all this time for it to dip below 35 because I knew that it would be a signal that the next major financial crisis was imminent. Listen up, my friends. He continues by saying that in September, it closed as low as 35.33 at one point. But that was not the signal that I was wait- looking for, he says. Finally, early last week. Did you hear me? Last week, JNK broke below 35 for the first time since the last financial crisis. And since then, it has just kept on falling. Mr. Snyder as well stated, as I wrote, as I write this, JNK has plummeted all the way to 33.42. And Bloomberg is reporting that many bond managers are predicting more carnage for high-yield investors. Top bond managers are predicting more carnage for high-yield investors amidst a market row that forced at least, listen up, my friends, three credit funds in the past week to wind down. Lucidius Capital Partners, a high-yield fund founded in 2009 by former employees of Bruce Kovner's uh, Claxton Associates, said Monday it had liquidated its entire portfolio and plans to return the $9 million it had under management to investors next month. Funds ran by Third Avenue Management and Stone Lion Capital Partners has dropped, has stopped returning cash to investors after clients sought to pull too much money. Mr. Snyder at this point interjects that when it says that those firms have stopped returning cash to investors, what that means is that many of those investors will be lucky to get pennies on the dollar when it is all said and done. He further states that, like I said, now that the crash has started, did you hear what I said? Mr. Schneider says, like I said, now that the crash has started, The ones that are going to lose the most are those that hesitate. Mr. Schneider as well says, and just check out some of the very big names that are warning of more high-yield trouble ahead. Scott Minard, Global Chief Investment Officer at Guggenheim Partners predicts 10% to 15% of junk bond funds may face high withdrawals 
as more investors worry about getting their money back. He joins money managers Jeffrey Gunleg, Carl Icahn, Bill Gross, and Wilbur Ross in warning of more high-yield trouble ahead. Mr. Snyder further warns that in this type of environment, the Federal Reserve would have to be, oh, my friends, listen up. He says the Federal Reserve would have to be completely insane to raise interest rates. He as well states, unfortunately, that appears to be exactly what is going to happen. It is not what's going to happen, my friends. It has now happened after nine years. We are on a slide now. It will take time for you to see it, but you will. Trust me, you will. Mr. Snyder says that if the Fed raises rates, listen, my friends, because they have, that it is going to make corporate debt defaults even more likely and will almost certainly drive high-yield bonds down even further. Higher rates could make corporate bonds default more likely and investors are already bailing out of the sector, pulling $3.8 billion out of high-yield funds in the week ending December 9th. The biggest move in 15 weeks. He continues to unfold the nightmarish scenario by saying that the effective yield on U.S. junk bonds is now 17%, the highest level in five years. According to Bank of America Merrill Lynch data, he as well shares that a whole host of prominent names are warning that the Fed is about to make a tragic mistake. One of them is James Rickards, of whom said the Fed should have raised rates in 2010 and 11. And if they did that, they would actually be in a position to cut them today, said James Rickards, a central bank critic and chief economist, chief global strategist at West Shore Funds, of whom went on to further state that the Fed is on the brink of committing historic a historic blunder that may rank with the mistakes it made in 1927 and 1929 by raising into weakness by raising into weakness that they will cause a recession by raising the rates in the time of weakness they will cause a recession within our recession or depression that we're already in, my friends, because there is no recovery. Remember that old saying? We're still there. As we now return to Mr. Snyder's remarks, he states that in 2015, we have already seen stock cra- stock stocks crash all over the globe. Coming into December, more than half of the 93 largest stock market indexes in the world were down more than 10% year to date. And some of them were down by as much as 30 to 40%, he says. 
at this point, conditions are absolutely perfect for a frightening collapse of the U.S. stock markets. And the Federal Reserve is about to pour gasoline onto the fire. They already did it this afternoon, my friends. Anyone that says Mr. Snyder is making this comment, anyone, he says, that is saying nothing is happening is either completely misinformed or totally crazy. Mr. Snyder begins winding down his piece with this statement. I like how James Kunsteller summarized what we are currently facing. Equities barfed nearly 4% just last week. Credit is crumbling. Nobody wants to lend. Junk bonds are tanking as defaults loom. Currencies all around the world are crashing. Hedge funds can't get investors can't give investors their money back. Liquidity is A-W-O-L. No buyers for janky securities. Commodities, commodities are in free fall. Oil is going so deep into the sub-basement of value that the industry may never recover. International trade is evaporating. The president is doing everything possible in Syria to start World War III. And the monster called globalism is lying in its coffin with a stake pointed over its heart. Mr. Snyder ends this piece by stating that the financial markets held together far too, held together far longer than many people thought they would. But now they are finally coming apart at the seams. Moving towards the winners, moving forward, the win, the winners, he says, are going to be the people that pull their money out the fastest. This is especially true for high-risk funds like the three that just imploded. If you hesitate, you could end up losing everything, he says. And as this rush for the exits accelerates, sellers are going to greatly outnumber buyers. And this is going to push prices down at a very rapid pace. We are going to hear a lot about a lack of liquidity in the days ahead. But the truth is, he says, that what we will really be looking at is a good old-fashioned panic. My friends, there is really no need to panic. That is, if you have a personal relationship in good standing, or as some like to say, right standing, with the one who holds not only the keys to tomorrow, but to eternal life as well. My friends, I am here to tell you that his name is Jesus Christ. For the word of God tells us that all we need to do is call upon his name, and he will make a way where there seems to be no way in the black days that are slated ahead for all who are living here at 11.59 and split seconds, just before the return of the one and only Savior of all mankind, who is none other than Jesus Christ.
My friends, just three short weeks before 9-11 took place, on a Friday night as I left my driveway on my way to preach the word of God, the Lord God, by way of the small, still voice of his Holy Spirit, as I stopped at the stop sign at the end of our street, said to me, you are as a tree planted by the river's side, whose root shall never fail. When I heard this in my spirit, I knew immediately that it was the voice of the Lord God, and my reply was, thank you, Lord. I receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Not even knowing why he was saying it, I just could not resist but to only accept such a beautiful offer and promise. My friends, some days after the events of 9-11, as I read the words the Lord God, of the word, of the word of God, I was reminded of his promise to me three weeks prior to the events. When I began one day to read these words found in Psalms 1, that began thusly. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the way of sinners nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doeth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, says the word of God, but are like the chafe which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. And remember what I tell you about the word righteous, my friends. It's right living. In Jesus Christ. Verse 6 says, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, or those who live right in Jesus Christ, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And with that said, my friends, I'm going to share with you today one of the Psalms that the Lord gave me when I needed reassurance about everything and anything that was going on in this life. In Psalms 37, beginning at verse 1, we are told to fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily, Thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself in also in the ways of the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness, or right living in Jesus Christ, my friends, as the light, and, they, and thy judgment as the noonday. 
Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him that prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evil doers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man or he who lives right in Jesus Christ has is better than the riches of many wicked For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous, or those, my friends, who live right in Jesus Christ. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs they shall consume into smoke, shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteousness, or those that live right in Jesus Christ, show mercy, which is unmerited favor, my friends, and giveth. For such as be blessed of him, of whom is the Lord, my friends, shall inherit the earth. And they that be cursed of him, of whom there again is the Lord, my friends, shall be cut off. King David, the writer of this psalm, says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. King David as well said, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous or those who live right in Jesus Christ, my friends, forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful, and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil, and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment, and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous, or those who live Right in Jesus Christ, my friends, shall inherit the land, the word of God says, and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous are those who live right in the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of God says, speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth and 
the wicked watcheth the righteousness or those who live right in Jesus Christ and seek to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shall see it. I have seen, King David said, the wicked in great power and spreadeth himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passeth away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together, the end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous, or those, the way of escape, salvation, of the righteous, those who live right in Jesus Christ, is of the Lord, says the word of God. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. My friends, remember, 2016 holds, according to the Lord God, black days ahead for all, the just as well as the unjust. The only difference is that those who know their Lord shall do great exploits. But as for those who do not, they will perish. My friends, today, the Federal Reserve raised the interest rates for the first time. You're not going to see the effect of it today or tomorrow unless you're in those high-risk bonds, because they're going to crash more, more so than ever now, and it's going to lead to a crash in the stock market. And those who play those areas, those who are entangled in those areas, they will suffer the losses if they do not have the wisdom of God to get on out and move in the way that God has called them to in time. But my friends, you never know on what day the Lord God is going to require your life. These things that have been set in motion this day will take days, weeks, months, and even a year or so to be fully realized. But they will affect everyone. My friends, we are so close to a one-world system even being evident in America that you need to know where you're going to spend your eternity. And that's what I've come here today to talk to you about. If you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior, today would be a good day to start. My friends, you've just heard the difference between those that reject God, which were referred to as the wicked, and those that are in the saving grace 
which is unmerited favor of the Lord God through the precious and holy shed blood that Jesus Christ shed upon the cross of Calvary. When you ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart to forgive you of your sins and you begin to walk in knowing God's word, knowing it well and knowing it correctly, you can be sure, my friends, that the promises that there are, that are therein will be yours for eternity. But you can also be sure that if you reject him, the promises to the wicked that they will be cut off and cast into the lake of fire are as well going to be kept. With that said, my friends, and time is leaving us, so I just want to say today, if you feel the prick of the the Lord God's Holy Spirit in your heart today, wooing you, that today would be the good day to give your heart over to the Lord. Or maybe you need to get back on that straight and narrow path. Maybe you've backslidden. You need to kick the devil to the curve. You need to not look to the left or right. You need to get back on that straight and narrow path, which is twice as hard to do than just coming to the Lord for the first time because you've already tasted and seen that the Lord is good, but you chose to fall back into the clutches of Satan. And the Lord will allow you to to know that the decision you make this time better be for eternity. And some people never get the opportunity to come back, my friends. With all that said, today let us pray the prayer of salvation together that you might be with me in eternity walking the streets of gold with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that is the reason I'm sent here, is to invite you and point you in the right direction. With that said, let us pray. If you'd like to pray these words out loud with me, then that's good because the Lord God says words are important. Let us begin. Dear Lord God, I humbly come before your throne this day, and I bow down. And I thank you for sending your one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ, to take my place upon the cross of Calvary. In the shedding of his precious and holy blood, my sins can be covered if I will relinquish them to you, Lord God, and ask you to take me through each day gloriously and victoriously. And right now I say, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner in need of a Savior, and I ask you to please, from a broken and contrite heart and spirit, forgive me of my sins this day. And through the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit, help me to walk in the word and in the wisdom that you have prepared for all mankind to know who you are and how to live in a way that is acceptable unto you. And Holy Spirit, I surrender this day and I ask that you would completely take over my life that you would bring all things to my remembrance as I begin to know God's word, know it well and know it correctly for myself, that I'll be ready, watching and waiting for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I know that you are faithful and true to do that which you've promised, and I know that this day you have forgiven me of my sins. Now it's my responsibility to dig in and through the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit begin to walk in what I have asked for here today, and that is to begin to know God's word, know it well, and know it correctly, so that when you appear in the eastern skies, 
I will raise up off this earth to be with you for all eternity. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' precious and holy name I pray. Amen and amen. And with that said, my friends, it's a wrap. Thank you once again for tuning in today for the Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast here on StarWorldWideNetworks.com. Folks, don't forget to visit StreamsAZ.org daily on the web for updates on prophetic news from around the world. And stay connected with me via social media and Twitter by visiting the Streams in the Desert Live landing page at StarWorldWideNetworks.com forward slash Streams in the Desert. This is Pastor Dana saying shalom and blessings to you all in the mighty name of Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, my Lord, Master, Savior, soon coming King and Messiah, yours too, I hope. Until we meet again next Wednesday at 3.55 p.m. for the Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast, may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Until we meet again, shalom, shalom. Join Streams in the Desert Live each Wednesday at 4 p.m. on DoubleWideNetwork.com, where your host, Pastor Dana, will examine the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Streams in the Desert Live thanks you for listening, for your phone calls, emails, and as always, your generous love offerings in support of this internet radio broadcast. You may also visit or email Streams in the Desert Ministries, home of Streams in the Desert Live, by way of the website or Facebook page, which can be easily located on the DoubleWideNetwork.com Streams in the Desert Live landing page. Until next week, Streams in the Desert Live bids you all much love in Jesus and that the peace of the Lord Jesus be unto you all now and always. And remember, if you're not serving Jesus now, what makes you think you'll be doing it later in heaven?